All right. So this is the last session. You guys made it to the end of the day. So many of you have been here since 8 o'clock. So a round of applause for all the speakers. <laughs> I feel like... I feel like we're somewhat all some level of experts about blockchain healthcare, but we still learned a lot today about DAOs, uh, credentialing, drug supply chain. So today, uh, we'll be talking about NFTs and the metaverse and how that applies in healthcare. My name is Ray Dogum. I'm the host of the Health Unchained podcast, where I basically interview a lot of you folks, many of you in the room I've interviewed, including Daniel, about how blockchain and DLT can be applied in healthcare in many different ways. Uh, I will let started with a few questions. There is a demo video that we'll be showing as well, so we'll um, close to that and hopefully some questions from you all. So thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Ray. Uh, I would like to thank you, Radhika. I mean, she was also supposed to be here in the panel, but she is um, with a health uh, issue, so she was not able to, to come. But I want to, to thank Ray, uh, Radhika, and Tori for, for this opportunity. So. Jumping right on it, my name is Daniel Uribe. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Genobank. So we, uh, we looked into the NFT since 2018, um, inspired my own personal story. Uh, I am a rare disease parent, as we know. Uh, my son was diagnosed in 2017 with a rare disease called, called Glanzman. So my background is in cybersecurity. I was already uh, working in blockchain, basically in remittances. So I shift, shifted and start looking how can, could I uh, help in the genomics and the healthcare space. And very rapidly, we, uh, I learned that there was a lack of biosamples for research, that biosamples were uh, siloed and used as a competitive advantage. We have talked all morning and all day about that topic. So uh, that was the easy part. Uh, then we started uh, working with NFTs. I had the privilege to know William Entryken. Maybe you have heard about him. William Entryken is the lead author of the ERC721 smart contract. Is the most famous and deployed smart contract in the world. Is literally the the, the template of all the, the smart contracts on Ethereum that are usually uh, out there. And together we offered what we call BIOS, bio NFTs. So bio NFTs are consent tokens that are uh, published in the, in the blockchain, uh, in the Ethereum blockchain. So it's basically having digital rights uh, for each biosample. So I have, a, I have an example here, but uh, yeah, that's how the, the, the story now goes. Thanks, Daniel. Appreciate that. And sorry for the microphone issues before. Obviously, I'm not Radhika. Um, and let's begin with some questions. So first off, as we know, NFTs are a major thing. Last year, there was an NFT sold for $69 million. It was a digital piece of art by Beeple. Obviously, this is part of the consumer trend that's happening now, but Daniel, can you answer what is an NFT? Well, in essence, um, I think it's a digital certificate. No, in essence. Now, we talk, uh, Dr. Leah talked about the fungibility and non-fungibility, which is basically the, how, uh, how much friction there is in the market to interchange, right? So the, the, the example, obviously, that I always use is Georgina. 
right? Your DNA. Obviously, my, my uh, genome and your genome are non-fungible, right? It's, we are different peoples, different, different persons from uh, maybe different ethnicities. And in order to analyze me, your genome is not good and vice versa. So it's, they are not interchangeable. So that's how a digital certificate that correlates or relates to persons or entities and we decide to publish that in the blockchain is what I call an NFT. So an NFT is a verifiable cryptographical digital certificate that is published in the blockchain so we can establish a relationship that usually has to do with a unique item. So in this case, uh, again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna speak. So we, we create a, an NFT uh, representing a biosample tube uh, a collection too, but in essence are, represents uh, the digital rights that you have over these uh, biosamples, so uh, basically. Awesome, and with NFTs there are many ways to look at it, like you mentioned there are digital certificates in a way, but they can also be digital assets, music right. and things like that. Um, but if we focus on healthcare, what are some of the prime examples of NFTs in healthcare? We've discussed some of them today, but no, uh, awesome. So before that, I would like to invite the, the, the audience to interact with the most basic NFT that I believe I, I know. That, so if we can show, if you could please be so kind to have this, and, and I'm sorry for the typo, symposium is not well written. Um, but please claim this NFT if, you're, if you made it up to here, right? It's, it's a POAP. Right, this is a, a, one of the most basic NFTs out there. So if maybe this is your first NFT, hopefully not. But if it is, that that's a, a good opportunity. So I just created 50 for the sake of this. So first of all, the, the main thing is that you can control. So this is limited supply. And this QR code is very special because you are supposed only to show it to the audience and to be claimed because it means you were here or you are here. It's, it's a POAP NFT. It's a, it's a proof of participation uh, token, right? So just this very simple NFT makes you wonder what can you do in terms of the, of the healthcare. Like this could be literally where somebody is uh, attesting that you took your medication or uh, you, you have sensors and you have proof of taking your pill or proof that you went to the doctor and you scanned the QR code or had your participation and so on and so forth. So this is the, the, the amount of, of use cases are, are infinite. Uh, and in the, in the last session, it was about incentives. So the, the idea is that if you want to incentivize people, you can simply offer POPs. So if you're uh, telling people, hey, come and participate in my clinical trial using this, the minimum thing that maybe some of people will expect is, is a POP, right? It's a participation on a token on a clinical trial. So they can, uh, you know, like uh, brag about participating and being a, a hero in terms of, of of showing their data. So I believe 
those uh, are the, the, the type of things that uh, we can, but, but specifically is to convert uh, all the data into bioassets. And by saying bioassets, and the last session was very useful because the, the, the last uh, speaker was about uh, unlocking the value, right? So data not only can be siloed, but also locked into the value that it can represent for, for society. So NFTs make this data set interoperable and also compliant with the, 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 the GDPR and CCPA uh, and, and all the, the privacy laws, because in essence they are programmable privacy smart contracts. Right? At, at least that, that's the essence of our project is how you represent the consent of people, how do you represent uh, the, the, the things you can do with this data uh, uh, using NFTs and you can verify those publicly. And again, you can use other NFTs to improve or to, to incentivize other people to participate. Awesome, so I think we have a pretty good idea of what an NFT is in terms of uh, bioassets or bio-NFTs, uh, but can you explain how that would apply in the metaverse? Thank you, of course. So, to move on, um, let's uh, play this video, the, the, the first video of play. So, so let's, let's see how, uh, this is a, a, a real story that we have. This is a genetic testing company called Somos. And they offer people to, um, so if you have a 23andMe or Ancestry DNA already data, or you have done that, you can download your data, right? So you can download your data, but it's still not a bioasset. So this company, uh, using our technology or our platform, they allow you to sign using your wallet, upload your data set, and first of all, claim ownership on your data set. Second, they, uh, what happens is that the user issues an NFT, a, a, a consent NFT, toward the company. This means a lot in terms of legal and in terms of the status quo or what is going on. Because the fact that the company is receiving someone's genetic data and acknowledging that they receive it, acknowledging that they are receiving the consent, and also implies that the person is the owner right? Because that's exactly what the smart contract does. In this case, it's an ERC-1155. So in this first uh, video, we're we showing that for us, this is the future. This is what every single company should do. If somebody's offering you a service using your data, the first thing they need to do is to recognize you as a data owner with an NFT, uh, basically. And why an NFT? Because it's, it's verifiable, it's a public, notarized transaction that everybody can verify. So obviously that's, that's the, the, the change of the status quo. So that's, that's the first thing. So I'm, uh, bear with me, I'm going to, to go to the metaverse, but the first thing is to convert your data into a bioasset, right? So the next, the next video, please. Should we pause for questions? Because there was a lot of information there. Does okay, anyone yes. have any questions at this point? Like, for instance, we, we saw in the video somebody using a MetaMask uh, wallet. A anybody has used a MetaMask or any wallet in this case? 
to sign, okay. Okay, so very few. But the thing that I wanted to, to highlight first is that there was not email, no name, no phone number. It's, it's a user signing with their cryptographic wallet. And by, by, by doing that, you're using your private key, basically, to sign a message saying, I would like to claim that this data corresponds to me using my wallet where I can, I keep, I may keep or may not keep other crypto assets in that wallet. We recommend that you use a different wallet, right? Actually, in our kits, we offer one of these cards. This is an NFC-enabled Ethereum wallet that you just tap using your smartphone, and it's, it's a cryptographic key in, in a chip. This is not our technology. This is Tangem. This is where partners with Tangem. But what I'm trying to tell is that we offer an independent wallet so you can interact and keep your bio-NFTs uh, separate. Very, very, very quickly, in this second uh, video, once you already have the file, this is the, the, how we show the, your secure data vault. So we've been talking all day, and many, many companies are using the same initiative. But in my secure data room, right, I, I know that this bioasset is from Somos Ancestria. So I gave my consent to Somos. That's the document that represents why, what I am, what did I, uh, uh, what I signed to them as a consent. Right? I can download my data, so I, I am HIPAA compliant from day one in, in that case. Of course, we, we want to uh, acknowledge that there's all the encryption and everything uh, additionally. But, but this is how a secure data room looks in, in, by only using your wallet. Right? So obviously, you have access to your own data. But most importantly, you have the relationship and we know the laboratory as the permittee, right? You are the owner, and you have the right to know who has your data, what is the name of the laboratory, what is the name of the principal investigator, because actually the signature that you have there is from Dr. Federico Bonson de Fernet. He is the principal investigator. The signature corresponds, and we make sure, we as Genobank make sure that the signature is assigned to the legal representative of the laboratory. So in our network, only donors have the uh, right or have the, the privilege of uh, anonymity, right? But not researchers, not service providers, they need to uh, be, be credentialized or be identified. The third video is just, uh, uh, the third step is how the laboratory now uh, consumes or, or sees or watches their bioassets. So in this case, there are four participants in this study, let's say, this is an ancestry study, and they can download the, the asset. The asset is stored encrypted, so they decrypt it using their, their uh, private key because the, the assets are encrypted using the public key. And again, they can download the, the consent that they, they, they have from the, the, each of the participants. They, they, they know the owners. This is very, very important and why 
you should do this with NFTs and not with uh, the decentralized credentials. Because there is a column over there that says owner. And those columns has the public address of each of the owner. Why this is important? Because this is the new relationship you want to have with your donors or with your participants. Why? Because now you can do airdrops. You can incentivize them by giving cryptocurrencies. They, you can incentivize them by giving them uh, a POAP, a participation token. You can uh, invite them to your next conference in the metaverse, and here's how we come. So, uh, just um, one, one last video in terms of these uh, actions, which is how the participant can revoke consent, right? So this is a very simple thing. They go into their um, into their secure data vault. They they remove the consent. Everything is verifiable in, in the blockchain. And when they remove the consent, uh, obviously something can happen. So they can, they may lose their POAP. They something right. I mean this is within the laws. In some laws you cannot uh, take the privilege. In some other laws it's not specified. But this is completely customizable, right? So you can do uh, whatever you, you want in terms of, of the law. I mean, uh, as long as you... As you uh, so once you have the governance in control, you have the compliance, right? This is the compliance part. Then hopefully, hopefully, this is the fun part. And this is the last video I want to show you very quickly because now you can create your room in what we call the Genoverse, right? So basically, our company provides the Metaverse as a service for laboratory genetic testing companies or even for patients. So in this case, if you again be so kind to um, to, to uh, scan the QR code, oh, well, now it's a, it's a video, but uh, if somebody's interested, I can, I can uh, rewind the, the video. But let's, okay, thank you. So, if we can leave a little bit this QR code so you can join and this demo. Uh, you can imagine that maybe this is your secure data room in the, in the metaverse. Maybe you are looking for a researcher in Glansman Thrombostinia. So let's say this is my family's vault, right, in the metaverse. And I can make now an event and invite researchers throughout the world and say, hey, if you are a blood uh, uh, researcher, blo uh, this, uh, blood disease researcher, please come to my event. This is my data. Now it's, the, it's my collection of bioassets. This is very important. And if you meet my criteria or you meet the standards of the, of the privacy laws in, in our countries, you may have access to this repository. So that's one use case. Or it can be vice versa. Maybe I am a researcher and I want to address my patients, my anonymous patients or pseudonymous patients, and I am literally telling, hey, thank you for your contributions. These are your data sets, and this is what we have found, right? Everything in the metaverse. So you are keeping privacy. Nobody is, I mean, this is all avatars, except, again, researchers and uh, and, and, and research entities needs to be obviously uh, nominal. They, you need to know who are them. So just just uh, one more minute, if we can just show 
the, the, the video for those who didn't uh, scan the QR code. It's, it's a very, very simple demo. Um, it, it, it only you know, shows the room. But what is the important here part? They are, those are not typical visual NFTs. They are bioassets. They represent data. And more importantly, they represent rights. And you can program these rights and you can interact with different entities issuing different bio NFTs, right? So at the end of the day, uh, we think that this is a new communication channel between patients uh, and, and, and researchers or even hospitals or, you know, like this, you can, you can have, like for instance, we, we know a researcher so the, this doctor is looking into nano-rare diseases. So she only has 77 um, uh, data sets. But these 77 are from people that has 1 to 30 uh, uh, probability to, to have the disease in the world. So in, among 7.8 billion humans, you, are, you only have these 77 persons, right? Um, why is she studying that? That's a different reason. But imagine how that collection would look in, in, the, in the metaverse, in the, in the universe, and how, how important it is to open this type of, of forms. So with this, I will uh, just... Uh, yeah, thank you for sharing all that. I think it's really cool to see a production-ready and live product here. So um, I just want to open up the floor to any questions that anyone may have about the product. Sure. Yes. So the question was, why did you use Avalanche Network as your blockchain protocol? Oh, basically the cost. So we are uh, we were born in Ethereum, but we operate in Avalanche, just because uh, the. Our customers are laboratory and genetic testing companies, so our promise to them is to charge uh, a dollar or less than a dollar per NFT or per, per, per transaction. So we, we already have 30 laboratories using our technology, and we have tokenized 330,000 uh, biosamples. So at, at the end of the day, we wouldn't be able to do that with two conditions. So the first one is, obviously, Genobank never has access to the data. We only see transactions coming and going. The secure data rooms are specifically uh, encrypted by the, the, the public keys and the private keys of the users, laboratories and, and, and patients. And the second is the cost. So uh, that's why we are, we are using Alwans. Um, yeah. I think it's interesting that you mentioned this is an opportunity to use NFTs and Metaverse to create a new communication channel between researchers, physicians, and patients. And I was just curious, what other sort of healthcare applications do you see happening in the metaverse? Well, telemedicine obviously is, is the way. Like, for instance, uh, this is a personal experience just from last week. I had a, a, I started to feel a little bit of pain, right? So instead of going to the doctor because I had some uh, uh, challenge in my agenda, agenda, I just went and did an ultrasound. Right? So I just went to the laboratory. The first thing I always ask is, can you do the ultrasound without my name? And everybody's like looking to me, why do you don't want to give your name? Because I don't want my data into the system. Right? So 
until today, I have not met any laboratory that allows me to do the, the, the test without giving my real name, right? All my, so that's interesting because our technology allows exactly to, you, to do that. You can claim this DNA collection kit just using your wallet. It's privacy preserving, it's anonymous, completely anonymous, right? So, well, that being said, I had my study, so thank God nothing, nothing wrong with my, my kidneys. I was suspecting my, there's something wrong with my kidneys. But the next, the next thing that I would love to do is, let's say I had something, right? I would like to publish that into my metaverse and then literally crowdsource researchers in, in kidney. Literally. Like say, hey, who can help me? Maybe some of them will say, hey, I need to be your doctor, right, in order to tell you something. But maybe there are some researchers that say, hey, like, like for instance, the, the doctor right there, that I, obviously I cannot give you medical advice, but everything seems okay. You just need to go now to your doctor to, you know, have a, have a, 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 a clinical uh, outcome or a, or a diagnosis, a proper diagnosis. But, I mean, this, this is the kind of solution that as a, as a rare parent also you, you would like. You want to obviously open the data, but in a, in a controlled and data broker free kind of world. You really just want to deal with people that really has the knowledge to help you, right? Or, or help your son without, or, or trying to remove uh, as, as many opportunities as you can for other companies or entities to take advantage of. You don't want your insurance company, for instance, maybe to uh, know this information, or, or maybe yes, right? I, I don't know. But the main idea is, I believe that's privacy. Privacy is control, 90%, at least in, in our opinion. So at the end of the day is the, the, the metaverse for, for uh, healthcare is the opportunity to uh, change the, the table and say, hey, this is my data sets. Who can help me in a very interactive and very kind of playful or, or, or game, 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 gamified kind of, of, of version. Awesome. This is my final question to you, and if there's anybody else who has any questions, we'll be here. Um, you talked about the metaverse, and there's many companies trying to build the metaverse, right? And Facebook is one of them with meta. How important is it that the metaverse is an open and decentralized place? I believe that's that question, right? Um, uh, so I think that there will be many, many persons in the world that will still trust on Facebook, right? We, I mean, as much as personally I don't like Facebook because the, one of the biggest privacy mess or data privacy mess that we have is because of them, right? So now is like this company trying to reinvent itself to make peace with the world and saying, hey, now, I'm, uh, now I care, now I'll, I'll admit NFTs because now Instagram uh, admits or, or, or can, can deal with NFTs, which is good. But still, the, the, the company, I don't know, I mean, I will not feel comfortable by dealing with Facebook. That being said, if I can find a researcher using Facebook, right, and again, the metaverse goes 
and uh, the, the database they build is is respectful about the rights that I am publishing in my smart contracts in my NFTs, then I believe that's the best of the both worlds, right? You have the 2.2 billion users of Facebook that now you can interact with your assets, right? With your bio assets in this case, because many, many, many of the rare diseases groups, we are in a Facebook group. Actually, that's the, the most activity that we have is the Glandman Thrombocinia Facebook group. And we are 330-something families exchanging uh, whatever information we have over-the-counter solutions. And it, now you can obviously see this like a potential DAO, right? This group is a potential DAO, and we, we could exchange their data and now have a, a room in the metaverse hosted by Facebook, I don't know, hopefully not. Uh, but then you can, the DAO can hire or can invite researchers to participate and then look for solutions together. But the, the main thing, just, just a final, the main thing is if they are going to respect the, the NFTs, because the NFT, the smart contract, are the digital rights per biosample, per data set. And if, if companies are respectful of that, well, I believe that's, that's the main atom. Excellent. Thank you all for your attention. Uh, this concludes our session.